God is sitting, if God were to sit in the cosmic realms of heaven, wherever that may be, and God is contemplating, where shall I, if God could ever be an I, where shall I place the secrets of the universe? And as God contemplates, if God were to contemplate, for eons and eons and eons, and what are milliseconds for God are millions and millions of years for us, one day, if days existed where God existed, God awakens if God were to sleep, and God says if God were to speak, Alas, I shall hide these secrets in stillness, in silence, and in slowness, because that is where humanity fear to go the most. And a journey into this space is a journey well earned, and a journey well realized. All right, Stefanos, Sifandos, how are you, brother? Welcome on the show. What are you most excited about right now in your life? Oh, <laughs> excited about getting some sleep. Um, I have a little baby and she uh, is learning how to sleep. So for the last eight months, it hasn't been an exact... Uh, science to that but we are we are getting there we're making some progress so i'm looking i'm excited about sleeping a little more and a little more consistently mm, amazing brother and you know you just birthed in a new soul <laughs> into the world you and you and your wife christine um mm. right now i feel that there is a new human uh coming into form right now on the planet and i believe that there's this evolution of man that you've been talking about and this new embodiment of the masculine in the man that is happening and that we're seeing right now at a faster, faster, faster pace. And I just wanted to get your pulse, your take right now on what is that next evolution of, of the man looking like right now? What, what are you seeing from an external perspective looking in? Mm. <clears throat> I think we're seeing... To simplify it, and it's not always simple, but to simplify it as best we can, just to begin to grasp and understand it before we add complexity and layers to it, I think what we're seeing is two versions of man coming through. We're seeing, or maybe three versions, three versions of man coming through. And I don't think this is anything new to our humanity, to our society, to be honest. I think it just takes shape and form in different ways throughout different eras, and it's also amplified now wherever, whatever your purview is because of technology and because of the way that we connect technologically, mm. you know, the interwebs as an example, social media. Mm. Um, so I'm seeing three, three evolutions of man at the moment. One is, and there's no particular order. One is that man that is choosing to accelerate his own consciousness and being and connect to his roots of what masculinity means to him and what being a man of the world means to him and finding that and finding his way and choosing to not isolate and be um, lonely in his journey and to share his experiences with others and understand that 
his utility, his value, his worth, his identity is actually forged in the presence of other healthy men. And so moving away from that father wound per se and embracing trusting again. And then on the quote-unquote negative side or the more detrimental side to self and to society, I'm seeing two versions of man, one that is becoming autocratic, subjugating, controlling, oppressive, very loud, Mm. extroverted. Um, Both come from compensation, including the, the, the next kind of man that I'm seeing, which is the man that is meek and withheld and hiding and um, in victimhood and defenseless Hmm. and uh, holds a poverty mentality and a poverty mindset. And I don't just mean in terms of tangible wealth or monetary wealth, but poverty in terms of scarcity, uh, not enoughness. And both come from compensation. And that compensation is an inability, unwillingness, lack of desire to look at and deeply observe one's trauma, one's wounds, one's pain body, and as a result of that uh, is really not addressing the fullness and the wholeness of self and is running from self and therefore has to compensate, has to wear masks and really is presenting a false version of self because to present a true version of self or truer versions of self in the world, especially in intimacy where there is the perception of and at some level the actuality of a higher risk um, for being seen and being witnessed and being judged and being rejected and humiliated and abandoned and all the things mm. um, because there's such an aversion to that because of the unhealed, unresolved trauma within self. Uh, these individuals, these these men are taking one of two paths generally, that extroverted, aggressive path that is attempting to control everything outside of himself, int- control people, and then the more introverted lonely, withdrawn, isolated, sad, depressed part, which is really attempting to control um, not people per se, but control what's happening by withdrawing and limiting contact with other human beings. Hmm. There was a lot in there. And I really wanted to start off, you mentioned these core wounds that men face. Um, I, I was listening to one of your previous podcasts where you said that rejection and humiliation were two of the main core wounds. And I would love to unpack that, how that showed up in in your journey, how that began to unravel for you, how you began to identify these core wounds and then come out at the other side to start healing and bringing light to them and working on those shadow aspects. Yeah, it's it's often a a tedious and tricky path, you know, personal growth or personal development. And and not to to label it that, just literally the journey of, immersing into self right Mm. that that personal journey of let me explore what is unknown within myself and we particularly men have this very avid desire and yearning to seek what is unknown and beyond them you know we want we want to travel and and traverse the highest mountains we want to go to the depths of the ocean we want to explore new lands and territories we want to explore the outer regions of space there's this this natural exploration that that men hold, and it's very archaic within mm. us, and it's uh, almost part of our tribal nature as well. And I'm not saying that women don't hold that that curiosity and nature to explore. Most definitely, just in very different ways. Um, particularly, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, 
men were really out there in the world extending the perimeter, uh, searching for new lands to to rest, hunting, exploring, really venturing from base camp, if you like. And so this propensity to explore is very innate within us, but along the way, I think we've lost our way. We've lost our way to explore within and we've focused on outside of ourselves. Nothing wrong mm. with that, but it's come at an expense because it seems to be a little extreme. We've negated that inner exploration. So for me, I started noticing that I was in pain far more often than I would like to be, particularly in relationship. Yeah. And instead of blaming someone else or blaming her or ignoring it and doing whatever I would do to ignore it, which is usually some form of addictive activity, mm. sex, pornography, alcohol, adrenaline, yeah. status seeking, whatever it may, gambling, whatever it was, right? I paused mm. and I thought and I felt, let me, let me just go into this a little bit, as uncomfortable as it is. And at the beginning, it was very uncomfortable to the point where I would only stay there for seconds, if that, and then back to my old ways, back to my very convenient ways of distracting myself. Yeah. And then as I deepened and deepened and deepened, I started noticing this sense of not enoughness, the sense of rejection, the sense of shame, which was connected intrinsically to humiliation. Mm. And another core wound for human beings is abandonment as well. Loss is another core wound as well. Sure. Fear of intimacy is another core wound, if you like, too. And so I started noticing these core wounds and where they were living within me and what was dominant and prominent within me as well. And I started exploring where they were coming from. But to be honest, it was very difficult for me to explore where all these were coming from because I wasn't, I wasn't in my experience, for, my, for me, for my path, I wasn't shook up enough. I needed to be really shook up. I really needed to, you know, you hear that saying, well, I had to hit rock bottom in order to A, B, and C, in yeah. order to change, in order to realize this, in order to, I, I had to hit rock bottom multiple times and have my face mm. and my testicles and all parts of me <laughs> just scraped on the, on the surface of that very jagged rock bottom to really awaken to a new possibility of behaving and being and feeling and sensing in the world. And so it wasn't until that happened and that, that the catalyst for that particular awakening mm. or, or awakening deeper to self was I was in a partnership. That partnership dissolved. She found out that I was cheating mm. and that became this catalyst for bringing shame into the light and, and really making a choice. I was at a crossroads. I either continue the same behavior in the same yeah. ignorant ways or I actually choose to be different and explore the, the unknown within me and explore what I've really wanted to explore for some time. Mm. Uh, and no matter what happens, whether I end up in a mental asylum, I commit suicide, or by some miracle, I actually grow through this and I change my ways and I be, I be the, the, the truth of who I know I can be. Yeah. And, and very fortunately for me, that's the, that's the path that I, that I was able to walk, but not without a lot of hardship, you know, not without a lot of deep, deep shadow exploration and coming face to face with yeah. these parts of me that did not want to feel and experience rejection and humiliation and abandonment and and commitment as and well. I mean, there was a point yeah. where you said that you spent over $100,000 in personal development and you Easily. went into debt and credit card debt, started pulling things out, um, maybe that you couldn't afford at the time, but you were investing in a way in yourself for that growth. And I think a lot of, a lot of the times that when men and, and women as well, we hit those rock bottoms, our first instinct is to run away from it or be in that freeze state where we don't know where to go, where, what to do. Um, maybe 
even go even further down the addictions that you were talking about. And I was really realizing how if I look at our generation, a lot of people are addicted to a lot of complacency, a lot of comfort. Um, we had Anna Lempke on the podcast where she talked about the dopamine nation that is going on, um, especially for the young generations. And I also heard you say that people don't know what their edge is. So if the masculine inherently is meant to be exploring and you know going out there seeking what that edge is, but people right now don't want to explore what the edge is, what would you say to, to maybe the young man or, or the young woman that is resistant to exploring what their edge, what their purpose is right now in the world? Yeah, there's a saying, you know, what we resist persists. And there's there's a there's generally a generally, not always, but generally a a, um, a depth of truth of truth to that statement. Mm. And so if we continue to resist what is presenting itself to us to be explored, then it simply will persist. And you'll do one of two things. You'll either meet it in your discomfort and you'll work with it and work through it, which often paradoxically is the fastest way through it, or you'll perceive it to be too overwhelming, too much, too big, and you'll ignore it. And that's when you'll create or amplify previously uh, adopted behaviors and uh, maladaptive coping strategies to deal with it. So it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be mm. whatever. Any form of escapism that pulls you away from feeling that big feeling or experiencing that pain. So in these moments, we have two choices. We either face ourselves because essentially that thing that we're resisting is a part of who we are. It's a reflection for us. It's a part of us. We're seeing ourselves in that thing that we're denying within ourselves or that we're um, mm. judging very harshly. Yeah. So if we don't come face to face with that, we will ignore it and we'll generally ignore it in maladaptive ways That's that from a place of longevity doesn't – it's not sustainable. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And – I wanted to to dive right in um, regarding this. You know, I was listening to to another conversation you had. Um, this was about five six years ago. Um, maybe this was pre I think marriage with Christine. Also pre Athena, of course, your baby daughter, which was this year. Um, and you mentioned how there was this burning fire within you uh, at that point, and. You know, a lot of self-expression, a lot of creativity, a lot of outwardness um, coming through you and moving through you. I would love to explore how that fire has shifted, transformed, or changed since the birth of your daughter, since all of these things that have been going on uh, in the last couple of months. What is that fire feeling like for you right now? It's only intensified, man. It's only gotten stronger. It's intensified for two reasons for me. One, because freedom is my biggest wound and my biggest value. And so my re reaction, not response, but my reaction to my life changing very rapidly is an inter at some level an interpretation of my freedom being taken away from me. And so I dig my heels in and that fire burns even harder and I want to create more and give more and be more and serve more and do more and mm. all those things. So it comes from that shadow place sometimes. But it also just comes from a place of very deep inspiration and open-heartedness and my, my my heart's just blown open with my daughter and the love that I have. And so that fire, man, has just been – ever since really I became more purposeful in my path and I cleared the clutter of my own trauma and my own pain, 
that fire just hasn't dwindled. Mm. And and I've, I've I've been learning to dance with her in the sense that it's okay to slow down. It's okay to be more quiet and integrating that in my life on a regular basis is really really important for mm. me um, because that fire. I'm a if any of you follow human design, I'm a generator, irrespective, yeah. man, I've got, I've got batteries in me that just keep going and going and going and going and going and to a fault sometimes. You're right? a Pisces as well, right? Detriment. I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's or in the, in the Vedic astro- astrology, I'm an Aquarius, mm. but yeah. So it's, you know, it, it's, I have a lot of energy, man. Even when I'm sleep deprived, I still have a lot of energy and I, and I have this yearning to create and this capacity to think laterally and connect dots and, I just really enjoy doing that and some you know this this deep responsibility that I have now being a father which is so beautiful it's a big it's a big shift for me in terms of how I'm managing my time and my energy and all of that mm. um I mean I was on the cusp of rescheduling this podcast because <laughs> I just have so much on at the moment in terms of parenting specifically yes. parenting right and I've got to look at my calendar and go what can wait just for now mm. um but we managed to work out what we need to work out so it was fine but um, <laughs> let's go <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that just to be completely transparent like i'm looking at my day tomorrow thinking I fuck I'll, I'll probably have to shift some stuff yes. because we just got some big things coming up mm. you know we're sleep training mm. and these are priorities and we want to look after her and make sure she's resting and we're resting as well and so it, it's tough man because i i this fire is very very strong within me and it's just the stage of my life that i'm at and so I, i'm learning to navigate that and manage all this internal stuff that's coming yeah. up alongside it as well and and when i hear the the term energy and fire put together and creativity like the association that I make with that is our sexual energy. And we're seeing a lot of men right now go around in these mopey states, like very lazy, very unmotivated, don't want to do anything with their hands or even um, create, express themselves in many ways. And, you know, I'd love to stay on the topic of sexual energy um, because I think it's a sacred topic that doesn't get spoken about too often, um, you know, in, in public. But, for you, how has this experience of cultivating your sexual energy been associated with what you've been able to produce, your output, your creativity, and what you've been able to magnetize uh, into your life? Yeah, so everything is the answer, right? And so what, what I mean what I mean by that is that you know the, the harnessing and the direction of the deliberate direction of my sexual energy is creative energy. And so there were there were times in my life where I very deliberately and proactively practiced celibacy and mm. was on a on a no feminine diet or no feminine cleanse or feminine cleanse I should say where I was really insular and really within and there was no masturbation no pornography there was a retaining of of my life force and my and my seed there were deliberate practices that I would engage in breath practices and stillness practices and holds and so forth old yogic stuff right that I would play with. You you mentioned your mother's a Kundalini yoga instructor, so she would be very aware of, I'm sure, many of these practices. Yeah. Um, and 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 that there, that redirection of sexual energy, what what it really did was reorientate me to the way I saw myself, my self perception, and my self worth, and then the way that I behaved in the presence of a female or the presence of the feminine, because that now I started coming from less desperation or less agenda or less. And there's nothing. Let me be really clear. There's nothing wrong with 
going to a woman as a man and expressing how you find them attractive, physically attractive, and that you want to explore intimacy with them. It's how we go about doing that and where it comes from within us. And it's vice versa for women as well. If it's coming from a place of compensation, a, a place of lack, a place of I'm defining myself by my sexual prowess, then more than likely the people that we're going to attract in those intimate unions aren't going to be healthy counterparts that can help grow us and evolve us. Wow. We're just going to keep cycling that same shit, which I did, I did that for years. Yeah. So, so for me, that sexual energy is everything, and it's very sacred, like really, really sacred. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a man. It's a powerful technology. Yeah. It is a, it is a powerful man. If I had mastered this, and, and let me be very clear, I have not mastered it now. I think it's a very much a lifelong journey. But mm. if I'd, if I'd attained greater levels of mastery or had evolved through it at an earlier age i and i'm not saying this from a place of regret i'm just really curious like, where would i be today in terms of how i create in the world and how i see myself and even some of my old old patterns of um of protecting my heart i wonder how that would have changed as well really curious mm. i would love to go off that bounce off that protecting the heart um because for me when when i was in past relationships and i experienced a lot of shame for things that I did uh, and maybe she found out or there was a lot of hidden things that, that didn't want to be spoken on uh, and were never brought to light. A lot of shame that I carried eventually probably even turned into repressed anger because I wanted to express it, but it was like the shame that was keeping me there. And I put a heart wall uh, over myself. And, you know, it wasn't until this past year where it was actually during like a, a Joe Dispenza week-long retreat in Cancun uh, where I realized the power of taking that heart wall out and being just open. I started to see how even the energy that I was carrying was more like in my center and less in my, you know, genitals and that area of my body. The energy that I would speak to people with was coming from this, this center. Uh, so I'd love to unravel that process for people of putting the shield down, putting the ax down, uh, and, and stepping into our heart when we're com communicating intimately with someone or when we're connecting with the world and, and with ourselves in that deeper way, how can we start bringing that heart wall down and, and connecting with that space? Oh, so what you're asking is, if, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, is you're asking specifically how do men basically put their armor down and open their hearts? Yes. <laughs> in yeah. in two seconds, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With great with great effort. With great effort and moving through our resistance and in safe spaces. I think it's really important that men start and I'll come back to, you know, that, that trust piece, men start to be in the presence of other healthy men and allow other men to see them and experience them and feel them in non judgment and compassion and without shame so that we can begin to drop our armor in familiar environments. Familiar meaning I'm a man, I, I see myself as a man, I see you as a man. Oh, you're reflecting back to me non-judgment and compassion in my time of vulnerability or shame. That's a bit of a shock to me. I want to put my armor up, but at the same time I want to drop it. I want more of that. I want to be seen more because the basic human nature and desire to be seen. Oh, I want you to see me more. So if we can do that in familiar spaces and places, we can then begin to do it in intimacy and romantic sexual partnerships as well. And it probably works both ways. It probably works both ways. But I say the importance of men being in the presence of other men 
because there's something deeply healing about that. And we can take that elevated sense of self into our co-ed work or into our work with women mm. or into our work with the feminine. And that can be deeply, deeply empowering for us. Yeah. What, what was the most paradigm shifting story or something that you witnessed maybe throughout all these all these men groups that you've been hosting where a man has deeply held another man what what is the transformation that takes place just for people to get a tangible idea of like what is going on when that actually happens in our society i'll share a story with you there are many that are flooding me right now but one that's just standing out quite strongly i'll share a story with you uh it was earlier this year at one of our events, I have a, I've co-founded a men's movement, Empowered Brotherhood, and it was at one of our events called the 48-Hour Reset, mm. which is all about re repair, recovery, reprieve. You know, men need to give to themselves, you know, physiological nervous system reactivation, regulation, and really it's disguised as very deep personal development. So one of the, one of the shadow work sessions that we did a gentleman came through and we were processing him in front of everyone. There were about 70 people there, so 70 men. Um, and we were doing we were doing group processing. And so what came up for him was this, this very deep pain that he had with his father. And he hadn't spoken to his father for a couple of decades. This man was in his late 40s, um, very estranged from his father. And he wanted to make amends, but there was a lot of anger and rage and a lot of everything there. And he just wanted to start to repair that within. And so we took him through a process. He went through a deep process of emotional release, uh, rage release, anger release, trauma release. He was held through that. There were various, again, exercises, practices, processes that we took him through at least, I'd say, 40 minutes or so, maybe longer. The next morning, he gets – this is really powerful, man. <laughs> he gets a call from his brother saying – that his father just passed away. Mm. And he came to us and he shared that with us because he knew his father was very sick as well. This was another thing. He knew this. Yeah. And he, he was so grateful that he was able to express that before his father physically left because he felt that there was a deeper connection to his father because of that. Mm. And so it's interesting the things that happen when we do our inner work, man, the things that occur, the events that unfold outside of us in our relationships, in our environment. Oh. And that was one that was just really powerful. Yeah. And, and he was able to express that, you would say, because he was surrounded by, by healthy men. and He was witnessed and seen and he wasn't judged for that. Huh. And we, he was brought into that in a, in a slow way that allowed him to really express. Yeah, that's, that was a, he was also an individual, and I know him personally too, he was also an individual that had been on the path for a few years. So it wasn't just that, but that was one of the first times that he'd been in the presence, if not the first time he'd been in the presence of a large group of men that were there for him, witnessing him, seeing mm -hmm. him. That's powerful. Very powerful. Very yeah, and, and when I've heard you speak about trauma, I've heard you mention this concept of too soon, too fast, you know, it, it becomes overwhelming in the system. And I'd like, to, I'd like to relate that to how sometimes we approach new relationships. When you feel this fire, you know, between that person, the chemistry, and you just want to go all in and experience everything in, in a week. And I feel like this uh, instant gratification mindset that that a lot of us face right now is part of that. Um, but I'd also like to 
unwrapped with you is is you mentioned the word slowly this man was able to unravel slowly um very rarely do we find a partner or do we ourselves want to unravel ourselves slowly with an intimate relationship um what is the difference between unraveling slowly getting to know a person truly seeking out and getting clear on what we want in a in a partner than rather just you know going speed dating and doing you know these these quick um let's say interactions maybe on the surface level interactions with people yeah it's great question so trauma is too much too soon too fast and what we do is because it's familiar to us we try and heal in the same way Mm -hmm. and so short-term gratification quick fixes becomes part of our norm because it's familiar to our nervous system our nervous systems so when we go slow it reveals a lot of what we don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. We need to see it, but we don't want to see it because it's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And so I'll, I'll share a story with you that may that may support the question that you're asking. Yeah. So God is sitting, if God were to sit in the cosmic realms of heaven, wherever that may be, mm-hmm. and God is contemplating, where shall I, if God could ever be an I, mm-hmm. where shall I place the secrets of the universe? And as God contemplates, if God were to contemplate, for eons and eons and eons, and what are milliseconds for God are millions and millions of years for us. One day, if days existed where God existed, Mm. God awakens if God were to sleep, and God says if God were to speak, Alas, I shall hide these secrets in stillness, in silence, and in slowness, because that is where humanity fear to go the most. And a journey into this space is a journey well earned and a journey well realized. Hmm. I think that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The moment of silence. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Stephanos, I wanted to ask you another thing is that, you know, when it comes to relationships, because I'd really like to stay on this topic of relationships, um, how do you get clear on who you want to attract in your life? Because I know sometimes we meet some people and immediately we feel something is off or maybe we identify um, something in that other person that's probably mirroring back to us something that we don't want to see within us. And we become too quick to leave that relationship or we end it too early. I've heard you talk about that, where we just break something off very, very early and didn't allow the lessons to come through. So how can we avoid that happening and maybe get even clearer and come to a new relationship with with direction, with clarity, which is that masculine energy um, and 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 truly understand what it is? that we want to create for ourselves with with another person maybe yeah the short answer is deal with our trauma so we're not hyper vigilant so we don't we don't practice hyper vigilance as a as the norm for us mm. and we'll be more uh curious to remain in the relationship to learn and grow 
And in some relationships need to not be together. That's a fact. Mm. There's a, a fact for at least those two individuals if it's a couple. In some relationships, they end a little too early because people are living and coming and acting and behaving from their fears and from their wounds. And it's best to leave very quickly yeah. than to be hurt and stay in an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Some people are addicted to pleasure and hedonism. And so if there's too much pain in a relationship or difficulty, that's pulling away from pleasure. So let me just discard of it. We live in that, that society where we can just discard of something. Oh, you don't like this pen? I'll just throw it away and get a new one. I can get one. I can go to Amazon and it can yeah. be delivered within four hours. <laughs> so we live in a society like that, right? Couple swipes and and you're on to the next yep. date. Yeah. Yeah. Like this laptop right that I'm that I'm on right now. Say, oh, you know what? I've had it since 2018. I'll just get a new one. Click, 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 click. Credit card info delivered in two days Boom. or one day. Yeah. From Apple direct, right? Yeah. As an example, so it's it's very we live in this this society of let's discard something if if we perceive it not to serve us anymore, and I think we do that prematurely because we're living from our wounds too much. It's our unconscious, unresolved wounding. So when we deal with our stuff, we're more sane, so to speak. We're more, and I don't mean that in a formal way, mm. but I mean we're more regulated in our nervous system. We're more mature in our approach. We're more curious, and we're more willing to ask questions such as what's in this for me? And I don't mean that in a selfish way. So what can I learn from this? What's my contribution to this difficulty that I'm facing right now? What, how can I grow from this? What value can I add to my partnership? What do I really need from my partner that she's not giving me right now? Let me just sit with that as opposed to, you know what? Peace out. I'm gone. See you later. It's easier. Mm. The easy way out isn't always the best way out. Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. you need to. Just the easiest way is get the fuck out and, and you need to. Yeah. But often it's not. The easiest way out is not the best way out. Best being defined, but what's the best outcome for you in all ways, particularly when it comes to growth? Why is growth so important? My perspective. One of the prime directives of being human is to grow. Yes. In relationships, psychosocially, emotionally, spiritually. So if we're not growing and we're, we're stagnant or we're devolving, yeah. and that to me is going against the fundamental principles of being human. Yeah. Stephanos, what... What does the feminine need to hear right now from the conscious masculine consciousness energy? Uh, what does the feminine need to hear right now? Even maybe the feminine within within ourselves for men as well. Yeah, that's a that's a really powerful question, the second part particularly, right? Mm. So the, the, the feminine attribute within self. And so first I think it's important that men learn to locate and the complete embodiment of self is the masculine and is the feminine. But I think it's important that men locate where the feminine is within self, where the masculine is within self. You know, in, in, in certain Polynesian cultures, the, the masculine will be in the heart space, the feminine will be more in the... Um, in the groin area, right? And so it, it depends what you're looking at, which which uh, approach you take, but just to locate that within yourself first. And then if we understand that the feminine is about connection, the feminine is, is about unity, the feminine is about sensating through the world, the, the feminine is about being, the feminine is about um, not not attached to time and space, so to speak. 
And if we understand that, then we're asking ourselves, what does the part of me that is not feminine need right now? So if I'm in my masculine energetic, where I'm doing, where I'm objective orientated, where I'm task orientated, where I'm all about achievement, where I'm all about outward creation, mm. what would be the opposite of that? And what would that part of me need right here, right now to harmonize the internal polarity? Yeah. And I'm, I'm being a little... I guess, um, ambiguous on purpose because I, th I think what's really important, particularly as men, just for all of us, is that we're not given the answers. Not, and I, by the way, I don't have the answers anyway, but I have questions I think that are useful, at least for me and for m many of the thousands of, people, thousands of people that I've worked with personally, that could really be of value to someone that's on their exploration, on their explorative path. Yeah. And so asking the you know, quality of the questions we ask improve the quality of the answers that we get mm. and so sometimes we're not always going to ask the right questions per se but if we keep asking questions and we have a proactive deliberate intention to refine the questions we're asking we're going to start discovering aspects of self that weren't available to us before and and staying on that you know I, i've learned also when we ask a question we immediately get into that feminine aspect of ourselves because it's you're receiving especially if you ask the question without expecting a certain answer when we ask a question mm -hmm. from like i have absolutely no idea what stephanos is about to tell me or if i ask a question to the universe like how can i be more loving right now in this moment and you just open up to receive it's that you know feminine purview and you just allow the answer to come in and drop in and sometimes it drops in in the moment you need it and it's it's a beautiful process um to start wrapping up i really wanted to bring up this book the king warrior magician and lover which i've been really diving into right now and i think these are all archetypes of 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 the mature masculine but the one that i've been connecting with the most is the warrior archetype um and i see a lot of that warrior archetype in you and and it's reflected back to me when i consume your content when i read whatever you put out online when we're talking right now um seeing what you guys are doing with empowered brotherhood seeing the videos and seeing the way you talk to these men uh i really want to unpack that warrior energy that that you've tapped into and and start maybe inspiring other other men to to tune in with their warrior within uh what would you have to say about that I think a great place to start is in your physical body. Challenge your body. Ch at, the, at the precipice of challenge and physicality uh, is where we discover that, that warrior, that ability to be tough and resilient, our ability to move through difficulty and our ability to recover from difficulty. It's a human attribute, particularly in men, that I think is very much missing in today's society. Resilience. It's one of the reasons why we're all fucking here is because our ancestors were resilient as fuck. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> they they persevered whereas we are all more about our society is more about convenience at least in the western world mm. and for the middle class as well right and so i purposely deliberately challenge my physical body on a daily basis whether it's cold exposure or heat exposure or, or physical training whatever it may be i challenge myself not to prove something to myself but to feel to feel my physical body, to move through challenge, to develop deeper levels of confidence, not arrogance, but confidence and trust in my own body. So men are so disconnected from their bodies, I don't trust their own bodies. I do my best to get into nature wherever I can, yeah. whenever I can. 
it's so important that we're connected to that part of ourselves. And so if we're talking about activating that warrior spirit, do something that's challenging. It could be starting a new business. It could be starting a new hobby. It could be working with your hands, metalworking, woodworking, whatever. It could be artistry. But but do something that engage in activities that are challenging for you that have you thinking and using your hands and using your body and your dexterity and your hand-eye coordination. Mm. And that's going to help you you know, when we overcome challenges and we set objectives for ourselves and we, we move through them, we, we feel we become empowered to make change or more meaningful change in our lives. Yeah. And, and even we had a conversation with John Gray and he mentioned like when we do hard shit, when we do hard things like a cold plunge or a fast, we actually biologically increase the testosterone uh, in our bodies, which brings us that strength, brings us that vitality uh, and that power. So powerful stuff doing hard shit i think that's a great takeaway for people right now and in, in, in a culture of of conveniences that can actually turn to fatal conveniences um mm. sevenos i would love to wrap up we have a a segment on the show called the final trio it's rapid fire questions uh, before that i'd love to let people know where they can find you i know your your new book will be coming out uh soon so if you'd like to drop in where people can connect with you and your work Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Um, at Stefanos Safandos uh, for Instagram, Facebook, etc. It's my handle, at Stefanos Safandos, and my website, stefanosafandos.com, and all details for my book, which will be coming out late next year, probably Q3, Q4 next year, um, will be released, uh, will be there, and everything else that I'm, that I'm up to in the world is there as well. Amazing. Beautiful. All right, for the final trio, the first one I have for you, uh, Stefanos, each one of these questions is sort of personalized to the guests, so this one... Uh, it goes like this. How? What is the golden key, the golden nugget to live a life that lights a fire inside of us? Willingness. Mm. Be willing. Be willing to go to the hard places. Be willing to celebrate. Be willing to love yourself in deeper ways. Be willing to drop your armor. Be willing to do difficult shit. Willing. Just be willing to address your trauma. Be willing to be with pain just as you are with joy. Be willing yeah. in life. I love that willingness for the second one. What would you say to the hurting little boy within you and in humanity as a whole? I think the words, you don't have to do it alone anymore, really ring very true for me personally. And and I think for, for so many, and, and maybe you don't have to hide anymore. Mm, you don't have yeah, to come hide. out into the light. Yeah. And, and what happens when the, that little boy comes out into the light? Yeah, yeah, for me personally, what happens is that I'm not driven by fear. I'm more trusting of others and myself. I'm genuinely in greater joy. Uh, I'm less vigilant, so I'm more regulated, I'm more relaxed and more calm. I'm more of a joy to be around. I'm more of myself. Hmm. Less mask wearing. Hmm. It's that playfulness energy a little bit when the little boy comes in. For sure, for sure. Yeah, there's a free, there's a freedom there. There's a freedom yeah. that comes through, that curiosity, that playfulness, that fun. 
because yeah. that can really only reside when we feel safe. And so I need for my little boy to come out into the light or for that part of me that hides to come out, I need to feel safe. Yeah. And then I can be curious, I can be playful, I can be genuinely genuinely playful, genuinely fun-loving. Mm. And, and what brings you the most freedom right now? It's a, it's a number of things. I, I mean, you know, really being with my baby and just watching her grow and laughing with her and watching her trust me is really is really beautiful man it's it's an unexplainable words really don't do justice to what that what that looks like yeah. but it, that that feels deeply freeing yeah i can't even imagine have a couple mm. of years to go <laughs> uh the final question we call this the time capsule question um basically it's an allegory if i were to give you a time capsule and I were to tell you this time capsule is going to be opened in 10 to 20 years down the line by a tribe of the next generation of leaders, whether, you know, it's, it's leadership positions uh, all around the world. These are right now people that are stepping in the next generations, as we mentioned, and they were to open this time capsule and you can include anything that you would want. You can include a book, a frequency and energy um a poem a phrase whatever you 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 know limitless uh imagination and this time capsule would be opened what would you include in that time capsule so i'm literally doing this now i've i've, I've co-founded a company which i've decided that i'm going to send you a private invitation what you do with that is your business but i'm so impressed with your maturity as a young man and so you know, moving by your presence as a young man that I would love for you to be in this ecosystem. So I'm going to send you a private invitation as a side note. Thank you so much. But, um, and again, what you do with that is completely your choice. But I've, I've created this. So we've created a digital time capsule for creators, visionaries, leaders, and entrepreneurs to come together and contribute to this digital time capsule. It's one of the things that we're doing. Let's and go. we're, yeah, yeah <laughs> Let's go. So my answer to that is I don't know. Mm. I don't know what I'd put in there yet but I'm creating it now mm. and I, it's not just me. And that's the whole point. It's not meant to be just me. It's meant to be us, right? There's, there's an us here. Yeah. And so I'm very fucking excited with what, what's in, going to be in this digital times capsule. That's, you know, part of we'll be leveraging and utilizing web three technology to really enhance what this looks like in terms of what it, what it shows the world in 25 years time. Yes. Um, and I don't know what the answer is, but I know that there's an us component. So yes. part of what we're creating with Asraya is this. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I take you up on that invitation, brother. Thank you so much. Yes, and, sir. And I really, from the heart, just appreciate, you know, coming across, I think, your content and your page uh, was transformational for me uh, during this journey, as, as you mentioned, of, of maturing mm. as a man, stepping into that. Uh, it was probably a rite of passage in its own right, just to to get to know your work and and truly what you're doing in the world so uh, i see you <laughs> and i honor you for for making the time to do this and i know you got to get back to your mission your purpose and we'll, we'll we'll do this again if if time allows thank you brother i appreciate you thank you so much